You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled I Am. Hello my radio friends, I'm glad you've joined me today to hear more from the Word of God, the Bible. We are fortunate in this day and age to have free access to the Bible. In former times, particularly before the invention of the printing press, very few people had access to a Bible and even if they did, it was only in Latin or Greek. It took very dedicated people who mostly worked in secret to translate the Bible into local languages. One such man was John Wycliffe who translated the Bible into English. The dominant church of the day, the Roman church, tried to prevent Bibles being translated and printed in the common languages of the people. Often, Bibles were confiscated and burned. But God made sure that his holy word could be read and understood, so much so that the Bible has been the world's best-selling book for decades. But it's all very well owning a Bible. Just like owning a toothbrush, it won't do you any good unless you use it. If you own a Bible, you need to read it and study it. Then it'll come alive and bring about changes in your life. Now to today's subject. I once knew a man who was described by others as having a severe case of eye disease. He usually found conversation most interesting when he could talk about himself. I did this, and I did that, and I, 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 we heard him say. We heard his stories about himself so often that sometimes we would find ways of avoiding him. But are you aware that God has made some I statements about himself? The first time God identifies himself in the Bible is back in the time of Moses. Moses lived at around 1400 BC. He had a Hebrew father and mother, but was brought up by an Egyptian princess. Moses became an Egyptian prince and probably would have become the king of Egypt, except he acted rashly one day and killed an Egyptian. Moses fled for his life and found safety in the land of Midian, where he became a shepherd. One day he saw what appeared to be a bush on fire. Moses approached to have a better look when he heard a commanding voice. 
It was the voice of God. We read about this incident in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5 and later in verse 14. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses wanted to know the name of God and asked him. And God replied, I am who I am. When I was a young boy and heard this, I thought this was a rather unusual name. But since then I've begun to realize that this is a serious name and the name I am is a name that identifies God. God is eternal and interesting, I am is a name of present perfect tense which covers past, present and future. When you read the New Testament, this name pops up a number of times. These same words, I am, were spoken by Jesus, referring to himself. If the name I am refers to God, what does that say about Jesus? Well, you don't have to be a neurosurgeon to work that out, do you? In a previous program, we've considered who Jesus was. He was, in reality, God, God the Son, or what I prefer to say, God the Word. Although Jesus lived as a man, he did not use any of his divine powers to suit himself while on earth. Yet he was both human and divine. In claiming the name I am for himself, Jesus was saying that he was indeed divine. Now, of course, <clears throat> this got up the noses of the Jewish leadership, and they thought he was blaspheming, claiming that he was God. In the end, they had Jesus crucified because of that very issue. Was Jesus God? Well, there are three possible answers to that question. Firstly, he was who he said he was. Secondly, he was lying. Or thirdly, he was stark raving mad. Friends, <clears throat> I have no doubt that Jesus was who he said he was. His teachings and miracles absolutely confirm that. Before we look at Jesus' I am statements, I want, to, I want us to consider a question Jesus put to his disciples. And we find the relevant section in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 16. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
So they said, Oh, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter understood. He was right. In John chapter 8 verse 58, a discussion is recorded between Jesus and some of the Jewish leaders. Jesus made this statement that upset the Jews. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, Jesus was saying that he was existent before Abraham was even born. There are seven main statements made by Jesus where he said, I am. The first is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and verse 35, and repeated in verse 48. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, this statement might be understood in two ways. Firstly, as it reads, saying, like saying, I'm happy. The second way, and probably in conjunction with the first way, is this. I am, comma, the bread of life. That's like saying, me, the bread of life. As you would know, bread is a staple food. To do any good, it needs to be eaten. Food gives and sustains life, and without food, life ceases. But what Jesus was implying is not just normal day-to-day -day bread. He was referring to eternal life. There is no possibility for anyone to obtain eternal life except through Jesus the one who became our substitute, the one who took the punishment of death on himself, that we might be forgiven our sins and become children of God. Jewish audiences would understand the bread of life metaphor much better than most people do today. Because in Jewish history, there was a time after the Israelites had been liberated from slavery in Egypt and were crossing the desert areas between the Red Sea and the Jordan Valley. There was no food, but God provided food in the form of white-coloured flakes that covered the ground each morning. It was called manna. It was a miracle food, and it kept people alive and well for almost 40 years. And it's nothing short of a miracle that God provided a means of getting human beings out of the sin trap that we might be free. Another I am statement made by Jesus is found in John chapter 8 and verse 12 and repeated in chapter 9 verse 5. Jesus said, 
I am the light of the world. Light is wisdom, knowledge, enlightenment. It is something that dispels intellectual and spiritual darkness, whereby we, whereby we may see where we are and what is our condition and where we're going. Light is essential for plants to photosynthesize and grow. Without light from the sun, planet Earth would grow cold and freeze, and life could not exist. The knowledge of Jesus splits moral and spiritual darkness apart. The applied knowledge of what Jesus did for us brings us hope and a new life. Are you aware that the Protestant Reformation, where everyday people could learn for themselves of God's provision for the salvation of human beings, opened up a whole area of discovery and learning, even in such areas as science and technology? We're going to have a little break and we'll go on straight afterwards. When my way groweth drear Precious Lord, linger near When my life is almost gone Hear my cry, hear my call Hold my hand, lest I fall Take my hand Precious Lord, lead me on. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I'm weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my work is all done, and my race here is run, let me see by the light thou hast shown. That fair city so bright Where the Lamb is the light Take my hand, precious Lord Lead me on Precious Lord, take my hand Lead me on, let me stand I am tired, I'm weak, I am worn the storm through the night lead me on to the light take my hand precious lord lead me home jesus also proclaimed himself as the door or the gate it's recorded in John chapter 7 
sorry, John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. He said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. Whoever, whoever enters through me will be saved. I know it's been said before and it was just as true then as it is now. There's only one way to be saved and to receive eternal life, and that is through Jesus. Because of his sacrifice and resurrection, he's the only one who qualifies to mediate for us. You can't inherit eternal life by doing good works or following some guru or enduring suffering or whatever. It will not be sufficient in order for you to enter God's eternal kingdom. The apostles Peter and John, witnessing of their faith to the Jewish Sanhedrin, boldly proclaimed, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's found in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The name they were referring to was that of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Jesus only is the gate. The fourth I am statement made by Jesus is found in John chapter 10 verses 11 and 14. He said, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That was a prophetic statement, as you probably know. Jesus gave his life to save us. He didn't die to please himself. He did it for sinful human beings like you and like me. In Bible times, the shepherd's job was to care for the sheep. He would lead, not chase, as is the case now, the sheep to where there was good grazing and where they could drink. If a predatory animal such as a wolf, a bear or a lion should come along, the shepherd would be responsible for protecting those sheep. King David was a shepherd when, a, when he was a youth and he killed several wild animals while caring for his sheep. The sheep were first priority. The shepherd's own life took second priority. Jesus, God, our shepherd, made us who are his metaphorical sheep, his first priority. And you know, I'm so glad he did. Our enemy, Satan, has no personal interest in our welfare, whatever. His interests are selfish. To him, we are mere numbers. But God cares for us. He is our protector, our salvation, our substitute, our good shepherd. Statement number five is, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me shall live even though he dies, and he who believes in me will never die. That's from John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Isn't this somewhat contradictory? Well, no, not really. Those who believe in Jesus are promised life, eternal life, even though they may die. But Jesus said he was the resurrection. Those who have died and have served and honoured him will be resurrected, and after that they will live eternally. They will then never die. The promise has been, and now is, the hope of all Christians. The Apostle Paul calls it the blessed hope. As stated before, Jesus is the only channel by which the resurrection and eternal life can be obtained. Now we come to statement number six, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's from John chapter 14, verse 6. We've dealt with the way of life already, but I'd like to explain something about Jesus as being the truth. And no, we're not just talking about telling the truth. Imagine a perfect being who is totally sinless. Everything he does and says is truth because there is no evil in him. That being can then be described as truth because that is what he is. And Jesus, or God the Word, is that being. Jesus could never tell a lie because he was and is truth. He is the centre and originator and sustainer of truth because he is truth. Now we come to Jesus' last statement where he talks about him being God the I Am and it's from John chapter 15 verse 1. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. As you read further, you will see that we people are the metaphorical branches. Now, if you know anything about fruit growing, growing, you will know that the main stem, the stock, is from which the branches grow and the branches produce the fruit. The main stem has roots which anchor the plant and draw moisture and nutrients from the soil. The sap containing the nutrients moves up through the stem out into the, into the branches, producing growth. The branches are entirely dependent on the stem for their survival. If a branch is broken or severed off from the stem, of course, it withers and dies. So it is with believers. 
we must remain in constant connection with our stem or we will wither and die spiritually. Now don't be fooled into thinking that if you attend church once a year or pray only now and then or if you read your Bible less than your newspaper or horoscope that you're spiritually okay. You know, that would be spiritual starvation. We must be in constant relationship with our Lord. We need to read our Bibles, pray and meditate on what we have learned each day. Don't neglect it. It is vital to your faith. Feed your soul. Be on best mate terms with your Saviour. Pray every day. And that, my friends, is how you will grow. Be in touch with God, the great I Am, and you will be saved. Unfortunately, it's time to finish. I hope to have your company next time on Give Me the Bible. And I hope you make it your business to fellowship with the great I Am. In the meantime, I wish you many blessings and much peace and much joy. Thank you.